Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, May 1st, 2018, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. Our special guest tonight is Peggy Black, who is a transducer, scribe, and witness, author, lecturer with over 40 years' experience in the healing field. Peggy is a multidimensional channel whose gifts as a clairsentient, clairvoyant, and clairaudient intuitive allow her to assist individuals to live empowered, abundant lives. She receives transmissions from her celestial team, which she calls the morning messages. These free messages invite others to honor their multidimensional self. There are over 40,000 global subscribers who have received these free messages. She hosts a monthly support group, Miracles and Intentions, and offers classes and webinars on allowing prosperity, sculpting reality with sound, power of your words and intentions, engaging celestial support, becoming a conscious alchemist, and alchemist tools. As a spiritual synergist, she conducts ceremonies of transformation worldwide. Arabia, England, Ireland, Egypt, Japan, and St. Lucia are a few of the sacred sites where ceremonies have been performed using the power of sound and the holiness of water. She presented at Women of Vision, Healing Our World, World Sound Healing, World Congress of Illumination with Patricia Cota Robles, She was a ceremonialist for Sacred Water Ceremony Ocean of Gratitude Cruise with Dr. Masaru Emoto. Do check out her websites, which are morningmessages.com and peggyblack.com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Jada, Fiona, and Kathy for hosting the switchboard tonight for those who may have a question or comment for our guest. We have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds, thanks to Tammy's helpful dedication. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk Radio. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, please click follow on our page here at Blog Talk, and you'll get our weekly show notice so you know what's coming up. The toll-free number for starseedhotline.com, which is our main site, is 888 888- 8810881 The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings in your natal astrological chart and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia or myself. And for those who need healing of any kind, emotional, physical or spiritual for yourself or your pets, Tammy's powerful remote sessions will make a difference for you. And if you have a birthday coming up, you don't want to miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when it happens by requesting your solar return timing. And please remember, if you want an interpretation of that chart, you'll need to order about three months ahead of time because we do have a waiting list. So first tonight, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her ever-popular Starseed News. Hey, well, Anastasia. hi, Ariel. Oh, it's great to be with you today. I hope you're having a beautiful week just at the start of the week. It's finally turning warm up here. I don't know how you're doing down there. Was it hot today? It finally got to 80. (laughs) 
Wow, yeah, same thing here. Finally, and do you know, all of you listeners, that we have many trees in my region that aren't even leafed out yet. That is so unusual. In fact, tulips that are long done in May, finished blooming, are continuing to bloom and some of the buds have not yet opened. We have had a really delayed springtime in this part of the state. In fact, we have had delayed spring everywhere in the U.S. and in many parts of the world. Mount Baker Ski Resort in Washington finished their snow season with 70 feet of snow. That's the third highest level in this century. Now, we might expect the spot that holds the world record for the most snow to get a bit of snow in winter, but it was no exception for Mount Baker this year. The ski resort declared that their 2017-18 season was over yesterday. And at the conclusion of their season, they measured 840 inches of snow, 70 feet, Third, a highest amount recorded in this century behind last year's 866 inches. Their 15-year average is 663 inches. And there has been snow and late April snowstorms and ice all over the world just going on everywhere. Europe's really been hit. In Egypt and in Israel, they had some heavy flooding, flash flooding. In Cairo, they had uh, a heavy rainfall that caused chaos. It was a rare bout of rainfall, thunder and lightning that fell over Cairo, Egypt, and other parts of the country for two days, causing flooding that crippled traffic and people's movements. Authorities were forced to close their highways, and some of Cairo's roads were shut. Travelers had to spend the night in their cars. And little seems to have been spared in this all-out downpour with building houses and bridges having collapsed in this storm. And uh, we've had some pretty good volcanic activity across the planet in the last week. A volcano in uh, Kagoshima Prefecture in Japan has erupted again. This is in the southwestern part of Japan. Uh, Erupted late last week. The Japan Meteorological Agency has told us that Uh, The volcano erupted for two straight days, finally stopped, but in this spate of eruptions, well, these last two days that it erupted, is the first time this volcano has erupted in 250 years. So, long time quiet, and all of a sudden, boom, boom. (laughs) And uh, on the Reunion Island... A volcano is erupting for the second time this year. It's the Piton de la Fournaise volcano that's situated on the Indian Ocean, Island of Reunion. It started erupting lava and steam overnight. According to their observatory, there are photos on the Internet of this seething, boiling, roiling lava coming out of this volcano, rolling down the hills. Um, the, the volcano actually began erupting uh, late in April, 27th, about, what, five days ago or so. It's still continuing. The area around the volcano, however, fortunately, is totally uninhabited, and the eruptions pose little danger to the population of the island of Reunion. And the lava lake at Kilauea Volcano in Hawaii has been overflowing. And to top that off, there is a threat that is remaining from six active volcanoes, active, on Vanuatu Islands. Now, Vanatu's government is preparing to evacuate Ambay Island after their volcanic activity intensified, and the volcanoes on other islands in the the Vanatu's are remaining in a state of unrest. They all have something going on with them. 
Now, Ambe, the one where they evacuated the people, that crater is an alert level three of five. That's a pretty good threat level. They say that this volcano is posing a threat to the health of the 11,000 inhabitants of that island, and the government has encouraged the people to evacuate. Now, on on an island nearby, there is a level two alert for the Ambrim volcano, and in the Vanatus, there's a volcano called Guana, uh, also at alert level two. It's blasting out steam and gas. And the Lopivi volcano is also at a level two, but they say that that isn't very threatening because very few people live on there after mass evacuations in 1939 and 1960. So people decided that island wasn't habitable and they left. And sure enough, that volcano is now stirring with unrest. Now, Manitou's major tourist attraction, Mount Yasur, on the island of Tana, continues to erupt as it has for many years. And there is a crater on uh, Vanua Lava that is also in a state of unrest. So that whole island chain is experiencing unease with their volcanic activity. Well, goodness sakes. You know, I often find moths and caterpillars to be interesting. Caterpillars, actually before they become moths anyway. Caterpillars are fun to hold, and I like to watch them crawl, and they're fuzzy, and they're pretty. And But uh, I never heard of this before, but in Britain, they are absolutely under siege from toxic caterpillars. These things are poisonous. They cause asthma attacks, stomach distress, and infections. And they're calling it a plague. They say that these symptoms, uh, the poison, the toxin from these caterpillars, can cause life-threatening attacks. And they've invaded the UK. Now there is a a larvae of what they call oak processionary moths. That is this larvae that is so toxic. And they've been spotted across the whole southeast of England. They say that they found more than 600 nests in parks and gardens. And the Royal Forestry Society is warning people, stay out of the way. Watch out for these things. Don't handle them. Don't go near them and take your findings to authorities so that they can be exterminated with particular protection gear. So pretty amazing. I'd never heard of toxic caterpillars before. Me But there you have it. Really kind of problematic, you know. Maybe, you know, D. I mean, gosh, never thought about a caterpillar hurting anybody. Well, in Yellowstone National Park, we have seen uh, the geyser, the world's largest active geyser, erupt for the third time in a matter of weeks. This is Steamboat Geyser in Yellowstone, erupted on Friday morning. The eruption is the latest event in a rare period of activity at the geyser this year, following similar water discharges in March and then on April 19th this year. Now, before this time, before this year, Steamboat Geyser has not erupted since 2014. So it's now active again. And in our science section, I thought I'd share this. I think I need to share this whenever we find new studies about cell phone radiation. And here it is. This is a study in Italy. And they say that laboratory animals exposed to cell phone radiation developed heart and brain tumors similar to the type seen in some studies of human cell phone users, according to an Italian study published today. Now, these findings reinforce the need for people, especially children, to exercise caution, perhaps total restraint, from using cell phones and other radiation-emitting devices. Now, this study was done by the Ramazzini Institute. It was published in the journal Environmental Research. 
and it supports the findings of the Federal National Toxicology Program that has already reported that male rats exposed to radiofrequency radiation at levels including those emitted by cell phones had a greater chance of developing malignant brain cancer and tumors in the heart and other organs. Also, Schwann cell tumors were also observed in the human studies of tumor incidence in cell phone users and in the studies of lab animals. And according to a senior science advisor associated with this study, he said, the Italian study reinforces the need for a precautionary approach when it comes to radiation from phones and other devices, especially for young children. How many times are we going to need to tell people this before they take cell phones away from their kids? I don't know. I really don't know. In our town, they are going to um, uh, radio frequency meters for the utilities. And, of course, I, uh, am, you know how I feel about that, how anybody would feel about that. And the, uh, the utility man that came to do the deed said, oh, this is perfectly harmless. And I thought, wow, you know must be nice to be comfortable in ignorance, but there it is. So anyway, people don't understand this, no matter how many studies come out. But I really suggest if you don't believe it, read it. Find out about it and keep cell phones away from your children, please. Well, boy, you all know about that thing with Facebook and all that stuff about uh, what's been going on there, so I have an update for you. Facebook apparently is making some privacy changes, apparently, so they say. And this article is about how the developers of applications or apps are feeling about this. They are red-hot mad. The article tells us that Facebook's relationship with its vast community of developers has become adversarial. Since the news broke in late March that the political consulting firm Cambridge Analytica had improperly harvested the information of millions of Facebook users, the social network Facebook has made a series of changes to limit how much of its users' information can be obtained by third parties. Now, those shifts have had an unintended domino effect on many of the companies and programmers that relied on Facebook's spigot of data for their businesses. A lot of companies relied on this. So Facebook announced their series of privacy changes early last month, and under the new measures, developers can only see a Facebook's username, profile photo, and email address. Now previously, according to this article, they could see a lot more information like users' Facebook posts. And Facebook is also cutting off developers' access to user accounts if someone has not used their apps for three months or longer. And the policy is intended to prevent developers from collecting information in the background for months or years after the people stop using their apps. Now, if you are a Facebook participant, I say caution. This is what the article says, but we don't know what they're doing. And we really don't know what anybody does with your information. But that's what's in the news, that Facebook is doing something about it and that it is affecting the domino effect of other companies and businesses that have been entirely dependent on your personal information to make money. So there you have it. At least, according to this article, they're they're doing something about it. Well, um, this is an adorable story. I thought it was really cute. Um, 
there was a nine-year-old boy who has conducted a secret experiment to prove to his parents that tooth fairies aren't real. <laughs> There's a married couple in St. Louis, and they have three children. And last week, their nine-year-old approached his mother in the kitchen, and he said to her, I know the tooth fairy isn't real. I proved it. Well, his mother, who reported this story to the media, said to the reporter, she said, I've been getting flippant answers when he's been asking me about the tooth fairy over the last seven months. She then went on to tell us that her son revealed how he really knows that the tooth fairy doesn't exist. He'd been secretly conducting a controlled experiment over the last two weeks. What kind of an experiment? Well, he lost his tooth two weeks ago, but he didn't tell anybody, and he certainly didn't tell mom and dad. He put his tooth under his pillow for two days, and of course, every morning he checked. Every evening he checked, but there was no money, and the tooth was still there. (laughs) (laughs) Then he waited for two weeks, and he finally told his parents he lost his tooth, and boom, the next morning, there was money under his pillow, and his tooth was gone. (laughs) The boy also revealed that he invented the experiment because his friend at school claimed that he saw the actual fairy, the real tooth fairy, and the boy put it in, put his story, along with a photo of the fairy, it would be interesting to see that, in the school newspaper. <laughs> well, this nine-year-old genius didn't believe that. He was telling the news outlet that his friend insisted the story was true and that even his friend's mother agreed with him. Yes, the tooth fairy is real. So this boy said, I wanted to prove it wasn't true because I don't think tooth fairies would have infinite money. Because, you know, more than one people lose a tooth every day. How would a tooth fairy go around every time to every one? (laughs) After proving through his scientific method the tooth fairy was a con, he said he felt proud of himself. He said, now I know what happens to those teeth. Dad puts them in the trash. (laughs) (laughs) And I know what Lavendar's thinking. You know, this this kid's going to grow up to be a truth teller, hopefully. (laughs) One of the special ones that dig in, that ask questions, that, you know, aren't so easily conned, and uh, he figured it out. Now, the article went on to say that he has a younger brother, several years younger, and he was being very careful about what he said in front of his parents so that his little brother wouldn't find out, which I thought was really sweet, but there it is. Now I know what happens to those teeth. Dad puts them in the trash. (laughs) Uh, Strong kid. Wasn't disappointed. He just rolled with it. After he discovered it, I think that's adorable. So it takes me back to Tooth Fairy days. Yes, indeed. Okay. I don't know how much kids get now, but you know, I got a dime. That was a lot of money then. Probably <laughs> kids today get five dollars. <laughs> Anybody out there know how many how much money yeah, kids get for a tooth? I don't know what they're going for. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for tonight's news, Ariel. It's going to be a nice show. From my heart to each one of you, much love, walk in peace and beauty this week, and we'll get back together again next week. Thanks a lot. Okay. Okay. Thanks so much, Anastasia, for the Starseed News. We'll talk to you next week. You bet. Okay. So um, we have a lot of people on the switchboard tonight, so let me get, uh, Peggy, let me get your mic open. And then uh, Lavendar, get your mic open. Okay, so um, Peggy, welcome to yes. the show. We're so glad that you're here with us. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It's a real pri- privilege. I appreciate the invitation. 
Well, you are so welcome. You've had a very long and distinguished career, and we're just um, itching to hear more about that. So, Lavender, are you set to go? I'm set to go. Okay. So, Peggy, we're so glad to have you. Give us a little background about yourself and, and how you've come to know who you are as a transducer, a scribe, and a witness, uh, extraterrestrial and celestial activity. <coughs> You're going to have to excuse me. I came back from Hawaii, and I was in the, uh, uh, for two weeks it totally rained. And so I've got a cough, so I'm doing my best to keep it under control. But hey. I just want your list- listeners to know that that's, that's uh, you don't think about going to Hawaii and being in a, a hundred-year storm. Yeah. We saw um, it on the TV. It's quite something. Oh, it was it was really impressive, and it was it was sad. Uh, the entire town of Lahui flooded. Not Lahui, excuse me. Um, uh, Hanalei flooded, mm. and so there was just a lot of tragedy, and as, as that kind of situation always brings. But um, but you ask the question, how did I how did I begin? Well, first of all, to just let your listeners know, I'm 76. And so this has been uh, the biggest focus of most of my adult life, Uh, metaphysics, spiritual um, aspects I've read, and as most of your listeners have read and studied and talked about and found sources. Um, I live in the Redwoods outside of Santa Cruz, and so I have a very serene home. I did build my own house um, after it burned to the ground, and that was a whole other experience in my 30s to take on the project of of building a two-story house, uh, which I'm still living in and enjoy. Uh, But in the process of all of this, um, I've always been aware and been very, how do I say, connected, uh, even as a child. Uh, I remember years when I was very young asking my mother, what do I do when I hear someone call my name in my head? And she says, answer them. And so as a young child, I was encouraged to listen to guidance. Uh, My mother also had visions and was clairvoyant. Uh, Unfortunately, she always had images of tragedy in the family. So she didn't really welcome that gift because it was it was painful. And of course, you know, as a young child, um, you have imaginary friends and you... Um, I had a very um, a spiritual upbringing. My, one of my aunts was a hands-on healer. And so those kind of... Um, situations and the adults in your life that are doing hands-on healing or energy healing, who are getting visions and sharing it with the family, makes all of it much more acceptable. Unfortunately, I think for most individuals, as children, their imagination is invalidated or um, not honored or recognized. And so as as children, we gradually shut those abilities down. 
And so I think that's changing. I think the evolution of consciousness is shifting that more and more. But for myself, I felt very fortunate because mine was more accepted as normal or a part of the unfoldment. Of course, as a teenager, you put all that aside. And then, of course, I married and had children, and that became my focus, and I was very dedicated to um, the physical reality and the responsibilities. And I do remember when my children were young, I had read um, some books uh, written by one of the Dalai Lamas and some of the exercises that the Lamas were um, that practiced. And one of them was to sit very quietly and imagine yourself traveling to another location. And so my mother lived 75 miles away. So when I would put my children down for their nap, I would sit very quietly in my bedroom and I would envision myself traveling to my mother. And at the time, she was having heart issues. And um, <clears throat> so it was always right around noon. And I would, I would go to my mother and find her someplace in the house. And I would just put my hands on her chest and her back. And I could hold that image probably two minutes before I was back in my bedroom and... Uh, and, and would proceed with my day. But I did that for about a month. I practiced that particular exercise. And this was back 50 years ago when you didn't call people every day and people didn't have cell phones or texts and so forth. So it wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't accustomed to calling my mother often. And so at the end of the month, I gave her a call and to ask how she was doing with her heart medicine and what was happening. And she said, well, you know, my heart is stabilized, and the medicine they're giving me is very effective. And she says, so I'm doing very well. And she says, but the interesting thing, this whole month I have felt so close to you. I said, really? And I said, I said uh, <clears throat> anything particular? She says, well, it's so unusual. She says, it's generally right around lunchtime, and I'm watching my program. <laughs> and she says, I just feel real close to you. So I was aware that I could send my energy to my loved ones. And so like so many of your listeners, we've all practiced some form of this through our prayer, through our intentions, through our meditations. But those are just little signposts for me. <clears throat> I always knew there was a presence Um I generally only called on that presence, so to speak, in an emergency. Uh, I was very dedicated to my prayers. I would get insights or have what you would call a vision. I've always been very visual. And it wasn't until I was in my 30s and after the house had been built that I started doing a lot of energy work, body work, <clears throat> and as I got more uh, connected, so to speak, to that, I, would, I was aware that as I touched someone's body and was, was in an altered state as I was going to be doing this energy work, I would see images of their life. It was very similar to um, 
uh, watching watching a video. It was snippets, or it would be one scenario. And I was real excited about this, and I would often share it with my client, which it turns out often frightened people. So I, I had to learn discernment, and I would always ask, is this appropriate to share with this person? Because sometimes it wasn't. They weren't ready to hear that you could tap into that field for them. And so these are some of the things that, that begin to happen. I could probably ramble on for a long time. I want, I want to give you a time to, to say something before I continue. Okay. Well, to let you know, I'm 75, so you and I were raised in the same area of time. I mean, when I started studying about Edgar Cayce and then Ruth Montgomery, I'm sure you went through all of that yourself, right? I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> and then the Seth, the Seth material, did you read the Seth material? I, I still have Seth's books, yes. Me too. So <coughs> it's always great to, to uh, talk to somebody that was born during my period of time. I was raised on a farm, and and uh, like you, I, I, I was told, that, you know, not to to uh, to speak about things that, we're not in the Baptist church. <laughs> so, but I I came out of it and of course I became, you know, very dedicated to doing uh spiritual and galactic work and I took my information and put it in a bank vault and held it for 25 years and now I'm releasing it because the born, the kids that were born after 1980 are awakening and they're the ones that we really are looking to to bring the evolution of the people and the planet uh to a new uh, destination. Absolutely. Well, you know, the interesting thing, um, I did I did energy work for the bigger part of a decade. And um and it was it was a part of how I supported myself, but it also kept me very connected to my to my inner gifts and abilities. And um I lived in Arabia for a year and a half. And um, I, I, I went over there with a partner, and when when I came home, I realized that after 13 years that this particular marriage and partnership ended, and so I ended it. And I was so devastated, even though I had brought about the ending, um, that I was just in such grief and such anger this individual was an alcoholic, and it had just gotten to the place where I couldn't deal with it any longer. And uh, I remember being so, so involved with, I just couldn't even function. I was just in such grief. And I remember taking my grief to my altar. And I have an altar in my closet so I would go into my closet and I would light a candle and I would simply say to Divine Source, here is my grief. I give it to you for transformation. And I would grieve. I would cry. I would keen. I would sob. And then I would come out of that room and you know how you can almost be exhausted after that kind of expression of emotion. Uh, I would shower and go about my day. Sometimes it would be anger, 
and rage. I would go into my altar and say, here's my anger and rage. And as a spiritual being, we don't think about, we don't think about being angry and rageful because that's not very spiritual. Uh, but but I, would, I would rage and scream and pound the floor. And but it was necessary, <clears throat> necessary for you to do that. Oh, absolutely. So I did that for a period of about 10 months. And I was, after, you know, it wasn't it wasn't all the time, it wasn't daily, but whenever the emotions would arise, I wouldn't suppress them. I would express them in a very sacred and holy way. And so uh, I was with my mother, and I was going to do some energy work and massage work with her. And I said my prayer, and as I began to stroke down her spine, I took a big sigh, a breath, and out came these enormous sounds. I mean, they were otherworldly. They were so big, which startled both of us. And we got the giggles, and we couldn't figure out what was going on. So I said to her, I said, well, can I try that again? And she says, well, for goodness sakes, close all the doors and windows. Because it was so loud, she didn't want anyone to hear it, right? And... um, I did that for another 10 or 15 minutes, and when it was finished, I said to her, what do you think? And she sits up on the side of the massage table, and she says, well, I don't know. She says, it's the strangest thing you've ever done, but she says, you know what? I don't hurt anywhere. And that was the beginning or the door opening for me. I had no clue about sound healing. I had no idea about um, uh, using sound as a healing tool. So I began to investigate it, and I realized that, you know, it's a whole field that hadn't been in my my particular focus. I'm very visual and tactile. And so all of a sudden, a whole different door opened up. And all of my clients, I began to say this might happen. Well, it began to be what did happen. And everyone was receiving or, or having uh, energetic and, a, and physical shifts in their body. And so I realized, okay, I am now doing sound healing. And um, I did that for a decade I traveled all over the world presenting. Um, I was invited to Egypt to do sounds in the pyramids and the temples. I was an all-expense-paid trip as well to Ireland during the Venus transit and did sounds in the sacred circles. Um, I taught it. I, I had sound pods all over the United States where I would go stay a week and do sound sessions and then come back home. Uh, I felt like this was my mission. It was as far removed from anything I thought I would ever be doing to make these unusual, weird, loud sounds in front of 500 people. But I realized I was becoming, I was a receiver of these celestial sounds. This wasn't my sounds. I was just uh, allowing my my physical body to be used to express these sounds. <clears throat> I even did an international, created uh, and founded an international sound symposium 
a four-day event of sound um, healers and uh, individuals investigating the power of sound. Um, and, and, And literally, I thought, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And one day, I re- and I realized it was a celestial team that was working through me. And I became very comfortable with that. And uh, one day, I realized that this team or this energy, this consciousness, really wanted me to begin to take down their energy in words. So I sat down at my dining table at dawn one morning as the sun was rising, and I began to scribe. And uh, every, the information came very easily, and I began to take down every morning. I would take down a page or two of information. And the interesting thing is I was handwriting it, and then later in the day I was transcribing it into my computer. So one morning... It was foggy. I couldn't see the sunrise. And I just got up from the dining table and came up to my office. And I sat down at the computer and I said, contact. I said, I don't know if this method is going to work as well as as my personal handwriting. And the energy came through. They always say, we are here. Uh, and they simply said, the method is more an issue with you than it is with us. Excuse me. So from then on, I sat at my computer and I would take down these transcriptions. And I asked them one day, who was I to them? And they said, you're our transducer. And I thought, what's a transducer? You know, I don't want to be a transducer. That's such a strange name. And then later I realized what a transducer is, is they take information from one reality or one form of energy and transduce it and make it available in another in another uh, form. Wow. So now, As you're talking, I, I just must interject something that just came to me to say to you. First, let me preface it by saying, uh, that I, I was under some very intense ET training back in the 80s, and I was at a theater in Santa Fe, and I was watching uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and the lights came on, and I'm still sitting there because I'm being trained to know how things are, are produced in Hollywood and how things are coded. And what I mean by coded, they explained to me that this movie and all the movies after that, the 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 other movies that followed, were coded on five separate frequencies, meaning five different levels of consciousness would see this film and they would get it at the level that they were receiving it. It was given out by one frequency that had five um, trailers to it. Yes. And so I asked them, I said, why are, why are you showing me what's important about this? And they said, well, we're telling you this because you're going to come in contact with people that are coded, they're code talkers, and they're coded with different levels of frequency. So I came to know that I had a voice that did that, okay? Yes. So you have a voice that does that. You were born with this. 
You couldn't yes. go to school for it. You had to be born with the bloodline, the soul records, and everything that you brought with you. But in your voice has been coded through frequency, and and they had to get your attention by doing it with the sound because that was something that you could really work with. But at the same time, it was your own voice that was connected to it. Mm-hmm. So that whenever you'd make those sounds, that they were going out to five different levels of consciousness at the level that they could receive it. Yes. So you're a code talker. <laughs> Thank you. I um, I still do sounds through, the team still does sounds through me with each private session. And so it's just a part of who they are. The team I work with are called Hathors. <clears throat> And they're interdimensional beings of consciousness. And uh, their thrust or their interest in our planet and our evolution is through sound vibration. And so they've been influential, so to speak, in Sanskrit and chanting. And, you know, when we think about sound or vibration, our entire planet is created with a vibration. And they always come through the heart. So they're very loving, uh, peaceful, conscious uh, uh, beings. And I've just been privileged to um, to work with them. And apparently, along the timeline, I've done this many times before. Well, haven't you been a Hathor with them? Haven't you um, been a Hathor? I don't get the sense I've been a Hathor. I do. <laughs> I get it really strong. Well, anyway, um, so I've been I've been uh, offering their transmissions through um, through the internet. Um, they're very instrumental in arranging things, and they're very instrumental in unfolding things. Uh, <clears throat> as you well know, uh, so we work together very well. Um, they give me assignments, I give them assignments, and I dialogue with them 24-7. They're just always present. And the goal here is for humanity to recognize that we're all divine, multidimensional beings. And we happen to have a physical body. And, and we're meant to be in this reality and dimension as transformers of misqualified energy. Yes. And you and, do it so well. You do it uh, so well. But everybody, everyone is here to transform misqualified energy. And they talk about this a lot. Misqualified energy is negative energy. It's worry and stress and fear and anger and judgment and you get, you know what I'm talking about here. Right. <clears throat> I really see that judgment is it's at the top of my list nowadays. It's like if we can step out of judgment and be the observer and not the participant of things that are happening, we have a lot more joy com- coming to our lives when we step well, out. Well, it's true. The thing that that they're very uh, they're very clear about is, unfortunately for humanity, we've all been taught to suppress emotions. Emotions are not, uh, we're not taught how to transform our emotions. 
And so what ends up happening is we store those emotions in the tissues, the organs, the cells, and the bones of our body. Yeah, wherever we can hide it, we we, we find those places. <laughs> well, the thing about it is, is like the team says, um, if you're embarrassed as a child and, and you don't know what to do with it, you just shut it down. And how many times has a parent tell their children to just be quiet, stop crying? And what do you do with those emotions that are so raw is that we store them? Well, what happens is as we move about our life as adults and we pass someone on the street that's radiating some fear and we've stored some fear from some past experience, guess what gets triggered in our field, in our experience? Our old fear arises. Our old insecurity arises. Some sadness or grief. Because the team says emotions are contagious. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. We're always triggering each other's emotions. Mm-hmm. And the key that is so inva- is so valuable <clears throat> is is they they say as divine conscious multidimensional beings you have the courage to be embodied. And you come here in this dimension to transform misqualified energy and anchor more light and seed awareness. And you drop into a field of unconscious limitation. And because every single individual is empathic, we match that unconscious limitation. It's it's just a common thing that happens. And there are many people waking up now out of that slumber, out of that unconsciousness. And as you say, your program and the star seeds and people are, are becoming more conscious and aware. But when you look at humanity, there's still a lot of people that are totally unaware that they're a multidimensional being. Don't you think that more and more people are waking up and really taking giant leaps in the in the area of metaphysics and because Absolutely. we have uh, the technology that we have now on the planet. Absolutely. Uh, yes, the things that you and I used to go to the, the bookstores and, and get and come home and read and then maybe have a friend that you'd pick up the phone and call. But now it's the Internet. Yet Now you can swiftly, you know, contact people all over the world with your information and then it starts spreading. And, and so many metaphysicians now are out there doing this work so oh, the yeah. lights have been turned on. Absolutely. And so now we're just trying to, you know, evaluate how many more lights need to be turned on before the beings come down and really show us themselves in their ships and, and, and evolve the planet very quickly. Well, one of the things the team is very adamant about, and <clears throat> this is a very interesting thing, um, as I said, most individuals are multidimensional beings. Every one in humanity is this divine multidimensional being. And lots of people take their first breath and their last breath without ever recognizing that. But the fact is, as multidimensional beings, everyone's empathic, clairvoyant, telepathic, clairsentient, and unlimited abilities and gifts. And so the team is always inviting 
everyone to simply say every morning, I am fully embodied. I am anchored to this earth. I'm always connected to divine source. The way they explain it is when you simply state I'm fully embodied, you're bringing an aspect of your divine self and partnering your divine consciousness with your physical consciousness. And in that partnership, energetically, you're anchoring it to the electromagnetic and geomagnetic field of this planet. And in that partnership, you are your divine self in physical form. So that's a simple statement. I'm fully embodied. I'm anchored to this planet. I am my divine self in physical form, always connected to divine source. So you're opening the door. You're making it available. You're, you're acknowledging that guidance is coming from your higher self, your divine self, however you want to phrase that. And so that's, that's just such a simple, they, they use very simple exercises to illustrate the power of who we are. And the other thing that they, as empathic individuals, everyone is always interfacing with the energy signature of everyone else. You know, I can see you walking into a room and clearing the room with your presence. It's like you've got this golden energy in front of your feet as you walk. It's like a, it's like a, um, a galactic weed whacker. <laughs> and I can see you walking into a room and clearing the room of any or energies that does not need to be in your presence. Well, thank you. How I see you, absolutely. And I, I bet think... your auric field is huge. Have you ever had your... <laughs> Your picture taken with your aura? <clears throat> oh, years and years ago. I haven't done it since I've been doing this work. But um, I bet but, it'd be something to, to see. <laughs> but one of the tools that the team offers, and I, 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 I offer this to your to your listeners, is throughout the day, simply say, all energy that does not belong to me, I send it back, blessed and transformed. I call my energy back blessed and transformed and I integrate it with grace and ease because it's it's so simple. Um, it's very much like they say, if your physical hands are soiled, you wash them. You don't think about it. So humans know how to take care of their physical body, but they need to be reminded of how to take care of their energy body. Yeah, Absolutely. And and think about this. If everybody began to say, all energy that does not belong to me, I send it back to where it belongs, blessed and transformed, they're literally offering blessings of grace to every single person they encounter, whether they're familiar, family, strangers. And the team says also, when your energy goes out and touches another, you're offering them a stimulating or quickening energy. Like, wake up. You're a divine being. Wake up. You hold that quicksilver energy in your body. I can see it. It's fantastic. I wanted to ask you about the term, we are here. I noticed that was written on something that was passed to me. 
Is that a code of some kind that happens with you and your team? We are here. That was just how we set it up. I said contact, and the first thing that they said is we are here. Okay. So that's kind of how we address each other. When I, go I know into that at our Starseed Quest in Arkansas, one of the last things we do in, in our ceremony as we're holding hands is we put them up in the air and we say, we are here, we are here, we are here, and then we clap very loudly. I mean, ah. we rumble with a clap after we do that. <laughs> well, I, I, it was just what came, you know, as I, was, as, as I said, contact. I'm not sure how this works. And they said, we are here. So when I go internally and ask a question, often they will say, we are here. Yeah. So it's it's just a doorway. It's it's a a phrase that acknowledges, as it were. Have but you I been have been finding lately? I would say since 2012, a lot of people that maybe you lived, loved, and died with from other lifetimes. Do you are you having those kind of experiences with different people? Oh, I think I've had that most of my life. <clears throat> but I'm saying a rush of it since 2012. Um. I know a lot of clients that call, and I do work with them uh, when the team is is in. Because what I do is I step aside and become what I call a fair witness and let the team interface with that individual. And often the team will say, you and our transducer have done work together, and they'll give some illustration. Okay. Yeah. But this is an important thing I'd like to share, if I may. Okay. Um, As I said in the beginning, we're so good at stuffing emotions in our body. And so the team has has used this illustration with with, uh, individual sessions. And since I've done over 3,000 sessions, I remember all of this information. Um, But they say, for an example... You as a divine being talking to other divine beings said, I think I'm going to go back to planet Earth. I'm going to continue my work there. I'm going to bring more light consciousness there. I'm going to uh, transform misqualified energy and bring my own unique gifts to this experience. And I want to feel the sensations, once again, of having a physical form. So that might be the agreement that someone makes. And so you, as a divine spirit, animate the body of an infant. And the minute you, as baby, take your first breath, you can feel the emotions of everyone around you and hear the thoughts of everyone around you, which can be pretty intense. It's, an, it's a very intense entry. And the moment that you as baby are ever exposed to processed sugar, there's an unconscious awareness that the intensity of thoughts and the intensity of emotions are subdued. So as a child growing, when things get too intense around you, either in thoughts, the thoughts are too loud, or the energy you're feeling from others is too intense, if you take some form of processed sugar, it turns the volume off. Hmm. And so the team has said, processed sugar is one of the most legal addictive substances on this planet. 
And the key here is to recognize what occurs. In other words, say someone wakes up in the middle of the night so filled with fear that they can't go back to sleep. They get up in the morning and they have their hot beverage. They add their sugar. Now, the team really emphasizes, as empathic individuals, always ask yourself, what percentage of this emotion is personally mine? So when you're angry or fearful or worried or stressed or feeling sad, ask yourself, what percentage of this is personally mine? Generally, it's less than 25%. Now, the moment you begin to feel that emotion, you entrain, you resonate with, you connect to and attract a similar vibration and emotion that's in the collective field. So then you have another 75%, uh, so to speak, using this example, uh, of emotions that are stressful or fearful or sad. And so people don't know what to do with that. It's big. It's huge. So this person that wakes up in the middle of the night is totally unaware that less than 25% of that fear is personally theirs, whether it's fear of their job, their health, their relationships, the world situations. doesn't matter what generated the emotion. They connected to the collective fear, which is enormous. And we've learned to use substances to shut off our emotions rather than transform them. So the goal is to feel the emotion, recognize some of it's yours, but you've connected to the collective, and then use sound to express that emotion and clear it out of the field and then replace it with a higher frequency or a higher, more coherent emotion of love or peace or forgiveness or joy and call that in with sound. So these are exercises that anyone can do. So is chocolate included in this? <laughs> if it's, The team will put it this way, if it's quality chocolate. If it's I really, really like the dark chocolate that's like, like eighty percent chocolate. No, that's, chocolate. that's that's what I really that that that's different than the kind that you buy in candy bars uh, by the checkout counter. Yeah. Okay. And it's not the, it, it's not that you can never do sugar. They want you to be aware. Is when you crave it, look and see what emotion got triggered. Yeah. What emotion are you wanting to repress or store again in your body? Oh, I bet the sugar industry has been going out of sight in the last two years then on this, <laughs> watching everything that's happening. Everybody's going to sugar. Woo. Well, well, the first thing, just just an example, the team uh, shared with one of the clients um, this event of 9-11 that took place on our planet. Mm-hmm. There was a spike in sugar sales around the world directly after that event because that event was so horrific in collective consciousness and it was broadcast so fully that um, uh, everyone went to the quickest, cheapest, and most convenient way to shut their emotions down. Did it also have to do with liquor and beer and wine? That's all processed sugar. Yeah, okay. 
But here again, they say, it's not that you can never do processed sugar, but if you're using it to shut your emotions or, or not process or clear emotions, just look at that. Yeah. Be aware of why you're doing it, yeah. Yeah, and and process them. Find a way to, to relieve your anger, express it, clear it, replace it, or your sadness, or your your anger, whatever. Lately I've been been saying, well, my name's not on that. I'm going to let that cup pass my lips. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. And they do say honey, fruit sugars, um, natural sugars in moderation. They said if you could see the vibration of processed sugar, it's like uh, it's it's chaotic. It's like heavy metal music. Maybe that's why the Zetas don't like it. They really, one of the ET groups that that I've I've read about, uh, they they seem to be allergic to sugar. Ah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that. <clears throat> That's just some of the things. And one of the things they invite us to do as conscious beings is they've invited me to do news homework. And yeah, so, what is that? Well, every day I have uh, I get two newspapers delivered, and so I make I make my hot drink and uh, and my juice, and I come upstairs and I I read the headlines. I'm not big into reading the whole paper. But I, I, I scan it. I read the headlines. And then when I'm finished, I simply place my hands on the papers and I say, I call upon and invite divine beings to minister to each and every situation that these newspapers represent to bring the highest, uh, most beneficial outcome for humanity. And as and you say that, I can see b- these big, tall trees are transmitting that frequency t- around the world. Oh, my goodness, I just saw it. Wow. And so everyone can do news homework. Everyone can bless the news to the highest and its best. The thing is, is the divine realm really wants to be in partnership with us. Divine conscious beings will wait to be invited so become the inviter. I go into the to my bank, and I often say to my team and other divine beings, while I stand here, would you clear and clean the misqualified energy off of all this currency? Wow. So that it goes out and blesses everyone it touches. I love that. So we can do this kind of work because we're powerful energy energetic beings we need to send you to the federal reserve office <laughs> <laughs> well you can you can do this Inter- any anyone can do this you know i'm not special this is something we're all invited to do because we get hooked on this news stuff and we have our judgments our upsets about it and that's just feeding it that's just giving it power because wherever our focus is, that's that's literally where our energy is going. We are what we're conscious of, absolutely. And what yeah. we push what we push against, as you know, persists. So what we what we focus on, we're always we're always in, empowering. 
so we can empower the peace. We can empower awesome results from this. We can we can invite these divine conscious beings to support us in any capacity that we can imagine. It's I'm really sure that you have a lot of crystal bowls, right? You use crystal I, bowls for sound healing? I have some, but I use my voice most of the time. Okay. okay. Yeah. You know, years ago, back in the, I guess about 1982, I came across a, a fellow named Michael Helios from Albuquerque, New Mexico, who showed me a way to look at an astrological chart, and he put a sound to the, like I had a Pluto moon square. So he made a, a sound from those two planets coming together that made a combination sound that would help free me from my emotional self. Wow. And I always thought that was a very interesting way to to work with astrology with, with sound. I had never heard of that before. I haven't either, but that does sound interesting. Yeah. Doesn't it, though? And this was yeah. in 1982. I don't yeah. even know what he actually did with that later. I know huh. that I used it. He he made a whole set for me for all of my planets. And I'd go into my bathtub and, and, and you know, have candles and salt in my water and crystals, and I'd, I... And I'd I would just really bear down on those sounds. I wanted to get rid of whatever was not working in my life. It was going to go bye-bye in that water. <laughs> There's so and it many wo- for a while, you know? There's and so many I- wo- wonderful processes that we can use. Yeah. The thing about I, I really want listeners to, to know is that everyone has disability. We're all incredibly unique, multidimensional beings. And and that's unlimited. And, so do you and, have seminars or retreats, or do you have classes on your uh, on your website? Tell us more about how people can find you. Well, my website is morningmessages.com, and uh, I've got a whole series of webinars that I've done, and those are all available at a very reasonable price. Most of them are four hours, so you can. You can do them over a period of four weeks or, you know, as you like. Um, I have um, a webinar called Alchemist Chambers, which teaches people or, or invites people of how to use the quantum field, how to create a chamber in your imagination in which you can connect with your own team. You can connect with uh, individuals in physical reality that you have a difficult time talking to. Uh, there's just the alchemist chambers are just magical. Um, alchemist tools is another powerful webinar that the team had me create. Um, I have a webinar called um, uh, Partnership with Divine about all the different levels that people can connect to divine guidance to their own team, to celestials, uh, to star beings, to fairies, to gnomes, you know, depending on on where your where your focus is, where your vibration is. So those are some of the things that are available. And then I do two um I do two internet uh broadcasts a month that are free. Uh to, this Wednesday I'm having uh I'm I'm doing my Wednesday broadcast and it's um 
it's always about the topic of the transmission of the month. So this month was you are being recalibrated. And so that's going to Yeah. And so it's free when you go on my uh, my website. Um you know, you can find out that information. Uh and my website also has free uh the five almost well, I'd say almost 10 years worth of broadcasts that have been made. You can listen to any of them free. Oh, that's great. I have really enjoyed speaking with you tonight, and I'd like to pass you over to my co-host, Arielle, because she has the switchboard. Would you be willing to talk to some people that might want to call in and talk to you? Absolutely. would love to. Okay. So it's been my pleasure, and I want to thank you for coming to the planet and for doing the work that you do, and I, I just feel very akin to you. I want you to know that, sister. I feel very akin to Thank you. Thank it's you. It's been a privilege talking to you. I would, I would love to do it again. Thank you so much. Anytime you want to come back on our show, you know, we have a very awake audience. So anytime you have something that you want to announce, even if it's just for 10 minutes, let us know, and we'll be, ha- be able to help you with that. Okay? Oh, you're so kind. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Back to you, Ariel. Okay. Well, I have so enjoyed what you have to say. Um, more than you could know. It's just it just ties so many things together. Um and it before we get any, any farther here, I do want to tell our um audience that if you have a question um on any of these topics uh for Peggy, then you'll need to if you're already on the switchboard, just press one so that we know that you have a question. And if you're listening on the computer, then just pick up the phone and dial 917-889-8292, and then once you're in, press 1. And um, while we are waiting for some more callers, we actually have one caller that has been waiting to talk to you since before the beginning of the show. So um, I'm going to open up your mic, Marilyn, and you will be talking to Peggy here in just a moment. Okay, Marilyn. Hi, Peggy. Welcome to the show. Hi, Marilyn. Thank, thank you so much. Hi. Uh, excited to uh, get together with you here on this uh, radio show. And my question has to do with decision making and really knowing the how to make a decision from your heart and uh, how the team views that sort of process. Um, well. It's a it's a wonder if it's a wonderful question because we are in a place right now where some of our decisions, uh, you know, we have multiple realities that we can always move toward. So which reality is the one that is going to be the most? How do you say beneficial for us and our evolution and our own path? So I invite you to create what I would call an alchemist chamber. Make it a beautiful place. Make it, it's, it's, it's created in your imagination. So in other words, make it colorful or serene. It can be a temple. It can be a simple room. But close your eyes and you can feel yourself, see yourself, or sense yourself there. And then sit very quietly and ask a question and say to yourself, I have a decision to make. What is the best avenue for me or what is the best uh, direction to go here? I'm, I'm asking my divine self, I'm asking guides to, to inform me, to 
to uh, make it very clear for me. And as you begin to use this chamber, you'll find it to be very beneficial. And you can also simply say, when you have a decision to make, I'm so grateful that the universe, the quantum field, divine source, my divine self, shows me the best decision I can make. Because most people, when they have a decision to make, go, I don't know which decision is best. Right. And so then you put up a block. I don't know, and therefore the universe is just going to, it's, it's waiting because you don't know. But if you say, oh. I'm always guided, I always make the, the right decision, then you're opening the door for the right decision to just unfold for you. The, 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 the right piece of information to come to you, the right person to point you in a direction, you're opening the door for the universe, the quantum field, your own divine guidance to provide your next step. Oh, thank you. That resonates so true and it's just perfectly in line with how I would like to make decisions. So thank you. It, it, oh, you're so welcome. It's a perfect way to recognize and and if you're puzzled and you're in you're stuck and you say right. I'm so grateful that I allow the perfect decision to unfold. Yeah. I allow. I like that, too. Oh, I'm going to go get into my alchemy chamber. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Good luck with your decision-making. Okay. Take care. Yes. Thanks for calling, Marilyn. Bye-bye. Thank you. Well, that was a really good question, and I think it can help a lot of people. You know, cause, I mean, in in the in this third dimensional reality, between you know the media and and other people, everybody's always telling you what you should think and what you should do, and you know, oh, you should be doing this. And it's like, <laughs> well, maybe you say that, but you know, it has to come from within. Mm-hmm. You know, so we yeah we kind of get uh, uh, battered up a little bit. And get, well, oh, if I thing- choose that. Go ahead. Well, the thing is, as multidimensional beings, we really can see multiple options. And so right. we can we can see if we go this way, we go this way, we go this way, what's the best job or the best decision or the best move we can make? And so when you just relax into your power, relax into your own guidance, and just simply say, my guidance unfolds to me with ease and grace. I always know the next step I'm to make. I'm always guided to my highest and my best. The power of our word is so valuable. And children are not taught that. Adults are not taught that. And the team is always reminding us we use our creative ability upside down and backwards. We focus on what we don't want. We talk about what we don't have. And so we're just creating more of that, as we well know. Yeah, yeah. You have to always keep your eyes focused on what you do want. 
It can exactly. keep your energy in gratitude for having it. Exactly. I'm, I, I just host, for 24 years, I've hosted a, a women's group called Miracles and in Intention. And it was last night was our, our, one of our meetings. And it's an open group, so anyone can join. But um, we, we share our miracles, the miracles that we've experienced in the month. And everyone, after you share a miracle, everyone goes, awesome, so that people begin to recognize how miraculous life really is and how synchronistic it can be. And then the second half of the evening is we state an intention or, or, or we'll simply say, I'm grateful that my, my trip to, uh, to Seattle is smooth and easy and very successful. And the group says, so be it, and you claim it by saying, so it is. And we'll do that for an hour, and people will just, you know, I'm so grateful that I'm healthy. So be it. So it is. Uh, it's my intention to uh, communicate well with my children. So be it. So it is. So in other words, we're really witnessing each other's intentions and supporting that. But the power of our word is is so incredibly valuable. I have a word that um, <laughs> in our society that is used, unfortunately, it's ingrained in our culture, but it's the word sorry. And so if you knew the meaning of sorry, it w- you would eliminate it from your vocabulary. So sorry is the feeling of regret, regretful, remorseful, contrite, self-condemning, self-condemning, self-accusing, pitiful, miserable, mean, wretched, inferior, indifferent, pathetic, inadequate, beggarly, contemptible, defective, uh, unworthy, second-rate, and worthless. Wow. So when when you say sorry, you're evoking all of that energy. Wow. It's it's so simple. We don't even think of our words as having that kind of power. And it and they do. Huh? They create our reality. And um it's taken me years of practice to eliminate that word and I've learned to say I'm sorry. I I apologize or excuse me or oops if you bump into someone. Uh and yet I can be in my head and I can bump somebody in the grocery store and the first thing that comes out, oh, I'm sorry. And it's just, it's so automatic. But it was, in, it was put into our, our disempowerment as when you say I'm sorry, you're saying to whoever you're addressing, I am so unworthy. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You're you're so right. Words are so very powerful, and 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 people oftentimes, um, I think of the phrase, "Well, I didn't know the gun was loaded." And, you know, so your mouth is like a loaded gun, and so you better know what you're saying and where you're pointing it, 
because it does have that kind of power and it can it can create or destroy. Well, Just, yes, and the th- yeah. the fact is is everyone is a sound healer. They just might not make sounds like, say, I do or other people. They might not sing. But the fact is, is every word goes out as a sound vibration. Every word. I have a a powerful webinar that I do called um, The Potential Potential of Sound or something of that nature. I've just lost the topic, but it's on my website. But it really illustrates for people how powerful our words are, what we're telling the quantum field at all times, what we're telling ourselves at all times. Are we addressing ourselves as loving beings? Are we criticizing ourselves all the time? It's our, yeah, our words. Yeah, that <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. We've had... Um, um, other other topics that included things like you know when you when you, you do something you know mindlessly in the kitchen and you bump yourself or you drop a plate or whatever it's like oh you idiot is what you say to yourself or you know something yeah. equally derogatory and, exactly um, and ever since that particular guest was on the show I was like if I catch myself doing that like I switch it right away and say something nice about myself <laughs> so try to you know. Exactly. Nip it in the bud. Yeah, because we're all using sound. We're just using every word we say caresses the other person in some way. Every word we say goes out as a vibrational pattern, a vibrational pattern that interfaces with the quantum field. It's like it's like the it's like the fishing line. You cast it in the right direction, you can snag right into that quantum field. But the words have to be the right frequency or the right, uh, you know, test line, um, whatever they call that, you know, fishing lingo. But yeah, yeah, I just see you can. But, but that's how you. Is, that's how you hook into it. But you're always interfacing with the quantum field, whether you're saying negative things or you're saying more positive and loving things. The the quantum field is what we swim in. It's like a fish not aware of the water. <laughs> we move through the quantum field. So we can either do it deliberately with mm-hmm. with a forethought or just be the cork on the water. And exactly. And you just end up wherever the tide takes you. Right. Or or you influence the tide in the way in which you say, I'm such an idiot all the time. I'm always making mistakes. Well, then you're just setting up and telling the quantum field, okay, I'm always making mistakes, and you just recreate that reality for yourself over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Because the team, the team says, we use our creative ability upside down and backwards. We focus on what we don't want rather than what we do. And then the cycle deepens. Yeah, absolutely. We focus on what we don't have. Uh, we focus on what we don't like. And that just makes more of that in our reality. So it, it becomes a discipline of how can I address my day so that uh, I'm greeted by friendly, uh, conscious people, 
you know, I have wonderful experiences. If you if you could create your day, how would you how would you speak about it? Right. You could, you know, you set your intention um I mean, I do before I get out of bed. Yeah. It's like, okay, you know, here's here's what I intend for today and and before my feet ever hit the floor. I do. The first thing yeah. I say when I open my eyes, I'm grateful to be alive. I'm I'm fully embodied. I'm anchored to this planet. I am my divine self in physical form. I call upon my team and I simply say, let's make this an absolute miraculous day. And then throughout the day I make intentions depending on I made an intention for for this program. You know, I made an intention before I do other other activities. As it comes up, I just kind of sculpt it. You know, sculpting your reality with sound, with the words. That's what we're meant to be doing. We're powerful energy beings, and we know realities where our thoughts and words manifest instantly. We know that. Yeah, and it's it's, it's getting faster, you know, faster turnaround. You know, it used to take a long time for those things to catch up with you, but now it's, it's almost instant. It can be, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm looking at the switchboard here and we've got another caller in the screening room and okay. um this will this will be the last one. Okay. So um as soon as um our producers make sure that the the question is on topic because um, we have to do that uh then we'll Thank bring you. them online. Thank you very much for screening so, uh, that. Okay. So you are um are you living in California, did you say? I, live I don't in know Cali- exactly where Santa Cruz is. It's 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 between San Francisco and Monterey. Okay. I'm on so the I'm on the coastline. Wow. Yeah. Um Okay, looks like the, the uh looks like they're out of the screening room and uh, as soon as I uh see the the question. Ladies <laughs> Um, I'll pick up that I'll pick up that question okay. in a second here. There it is. Okay. We are going to be talking to Melissa. Hi, Melissa. You're on the air with Peggy. So go ahead with your question. Yes, Miss uh, Katie. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, very uh, wonderful. I just have a general question uh, concerning to my left side where I live. Um, if and that's going to be ending, like clearing out. I, I don't think I understood your question. Can you repeat it? Yes, ma'am. Uh, so my question is, it's a living situation question. And the uh, unit on the, towards my left, two units down, just want to know if, if that's going to get, if, if, those, if those tenants are going to, Stay there, or they're going to be leaving because of the situation. It's not pleasant. Ah, uh, I get a sense that they're going to be leaving. It might not be as soon as you would like, but I do get a situation. And what I would invite you to do is begin to envision them packing and moving. Begin to see them vacating the place harmoniously begin to call forth that energy so that that 
particular situation is resolved in a very peaceful and harmonious way. Yes, ma'am. And do you have like a time frame? And and I will do that simply. You know, time. It, it, the time frame is always a variable, depending on the focus. There's lots of people's energy involved in the time frame. So I'm just saying for you to begin to be. I'm so grateful that uh, the whoever they are move move from this location quickly and harmoniously. I'm so grateful and see it happening. See their boxes leaving and the moving van coming and taking their belongings. Envision it so real for yourself that it has to manifest. Got it. Yes. Okay. Does that, and does that, that, did that support uh, you there? Yes, it, it, it supports me. I, just one more thing to that. Um, um, do you just do you sense a a weather like if it's fall or flowers or leaves falling down? Or? Well, first of all, I'm going to invite you to look for that. You see, you have the ability to know these things as well. And so it depends on you, it depends on them and other situations. So any of those variables have to be in place for for someone. I have a hard time and I'm very cautious about giving particular timelines because there's too many variables. It could change quickly. Yes, and I, I like what you said. Well, I will use that towards other things in my life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if there's any discord between you and these individuals, begin to offer forgiveness. Say, I bless and forgive you to your highest good. Yes. Disconnect any energy that you might have with these individuals so that uh, you're freeing them up. You're not staying attached to them in any way. That is excellent. You, that's the, you're one hundred percent right. That's how life works. I forgot about that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you. You're Thank so you. welcome. Okay. Thanks Thank so you. much for calling. Thank you. Bye bye, Melissa. Yeah. Thank you. Well, um, that was the the last caller that we can take this evening, um, and I want to thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your insights and your team with us and our audience. And we encourage everyone to check out Peggy's website, which is morningmessages.com. And you can, you can sign up, uh, subscribe to the – and you still, do you still send the morning messages or the archive? If they, if they sign up, they get 88 free messages. They come every third day. So Wonderful. they're free. You can sign up and get 88 free messages. And then once a month, uh, I send a newsletter announcing things that are happening and my broadcast and uh, a new transmission. In fact, the the one I announced is uh, You Are Being Recalibrated is a new transmission that went out in the newsletter. Well, we sure need so that. It's, it's all free. <laughs> Excellent. 
So everybody, check out um, Peggy's website. And do you still do you still do uh, private sessions? I do. Yes, I do two a day usually. So people can call me uh, or email me from the website, and I set up an appointment, and uh, it's all it's all explained on the website. Um, I love doing these sessions. The team's very generous with their information. Wonderful, wonderful. So. Um, for any callers that didn't get a chance to um, to talk to Peggy, you can go to the website morningmessages.com. Is that where um, they can uh, speak, work with you personally, or would that be the other website? Either one of them gives some contact with me. Okay, okay. So it's either morningmessages.com or peggyblack.com. So I want to thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your time with us. And we do hope that you'll come back sometime and because I know that you're just a wealth of information and <laughs> probably just scratched the surface tonight. Well, thank you so much. It's been a real honor and privilege. I really appreciate your invitation. And I will take you up on this. I would love to do this again with you. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Lavendar handles the scheduling. So when you feel the urge, just let her know and we'll, we'll get you in the schedule. Thank you so much, dear. My blessings to you and all the listeners. Thank you so much, Peggy. And that concludes our show for this evening. So we want to thank everyone for listening, and we will be back next week. And do keep in mind that when we go to Arkansas, we'll be off the air for two weeks. Um, So next week will be the, the last show before that. So everyone take care of yourselves. Follow Peggy's advice. Listen to the morning messages. And we will be back next week. Until then, count your blessings every day, live in gratitude, and be the change. Bye-bye, everyone. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 